Hey guys, and welcome to the second episode of the Reborn Football Podcast. Uh, it's Tans and, and Fuego. And today we're going to be doing um, a lot of the same routine as the first episode. We're going to start with our verse, verse of the episode. And then today's topics are going to be um, kind of what happened in the Premier League at the weekend, you know, and football in general. So we're just going to dive straight in now to our verse of the episode. So our verse of the episode is Matthew 5, verse 44. Well, verses of the episode, so verse 44 and 45. Um, so it says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil, and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So, um, I was I was reading I was reading my Bible, and I was reading. Uh, right now, I'm reading the story of David, which is First, Second Samuel. Majority of his stories, those two those two books, and I was reading Second Samuel chapter one, which is about when David hears about the death of King Saul, and it's a it's a bit of a funny story because basically what happens is it's a bit of a bit of a backstory. This is just before David becomes king, and Saul was the previous anointed king, and Saul, you know, had a lot of he didn't obey the Lord, so the Lord uh, hardened his heart. He had a lot of hatred towards David, so he would pursue David, you know, this and that, you know, attempted to kill David many times, you know, and David had actually spared Saul's life twice before that. So we're com- coming up to this now. Um, Saul has killed himself in battle. And there was a guy, there was a guy there, one of his, maybe one of his associates or some, some random guy that was just there that watched this happen. So he comes back to King David to give the news. And he now lies and says that, oh, that he was the one that, kill- that killed King Saul, thinking that, you know, King David would be happy you know, rejoice at the downfall of one of his enemies. But, you know, he didn't even know what was coming for him because it ended up that David, you know, got really angry and ordered his death for killing an anointed king, which is funny because he didn't even do it. He just lied and got himself into that situation. And the kind of the the moral to take from this is that, you know, David would have been well within his rights to rejoice at the death of King Saul a guy that had terrorized him and made his life, you know, live in hell for, you know, a good number of years. But he was still, you know, graceful in his reaction. He gave him the right um, respect. He and David and his associates mourned the death of Saul, for, you know, for an extended period of time, you know, when he didn't really have to. And it made me think of, you know, the, the aforementioned verse that, you know, as Christians and even as people in general, but especially as Christians, you know, it's not good to rejoice, you know, at the at the downfall or misfortune of your of anyone, but especially of your enemies, because you know that's what makes you different as a Christian. Now, God doesn't say be stupid, you know. He doesn't say mm-hmm. that you should, you know, now be continue to be best friends with people that have hurt you, but you know, just forgive in your heart as God has forgiven you. But at the same time, if you need to step away from you know a person that has wronged you or a situation that has wronged you, then do that as well. Yeah, yeah, I would echo Tans in that situation there. Um, the most important thing about this is that it's what distinguishes us 
from the world. So if we claim to be Christians, there has to be a difference in our actions. And one of the differences is that we love everyone. So, you know, the Bible says that we should love God and love others. It doesn't say love others who also love you. So this verse clearly says, you know, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you, um, love those who hate you. Um, but at the same time, within reason. So as Tan said, God does not call us to be stupid. He calls us to have love for everyone. So the way that you will interact with and love someone who is not receptive to that love is different to the way that you would react, interact with someone who is receptive to that love. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the big kind of message from that verse. And then just one other addition from verse 45, it says, For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. That just goes to say that, you know, if God um, kind of favors everyone, so, you know, the person who is evil and wicked and sows um, corn and then his corn grows and he's able to harvest the corn and sell it, the person who is good and, uh, you know, uh, follows God, serves God, also sows his corn, reaps the harvest and gets money for that as well. If both of them are basically treated the same by God, who are we to kind of judge and distinguish that, oh, I don't like this person because of what they did to me. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, reciprocate that back to them. We're supposed to show love to those who don't show us love. So, yeah, that's, I think that's the main gist of it just and you know just one final thing that that is you know that's the whole essence of grace you know we don't deserve you know the grace that god gives us as christians all the things that is that you know that we do on a sing on on a daily basis you know that disobey that go against his word but god gives us that grace and he calls us to do the same so that that's the that's the final message from our verse of the episode yeah so i think we'll we'll get into the football right now we actually have the Arsenal Crystal Palace game on in the background is currently Monday the 21st. So that match is on right now. And what do you think so far? Well, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, you know, I'm keeping a close eye. You know, we had to, you know, we had to kind of change our startup time because, you know, we have to make sure I'm focused. You know, my team is playing. But um, we're playing well at the moment. But we need to, we need to be more, what's the word, more incisive, decisive in our decision-making making the you know making the right pass right decisions to shoot and catch has had a couple of chances one of which he definitely should have put away and then the other you just hit the post it was really unlucky but yeah you know playing well at the moment final game of the weekend which was you know an eventful eventful enough yeah, weekend yeah a lot happened this weekend uh where to start where to start um where do you want to start um i think i think why don't we start with brighton Four goals again this weekend, you know. Okay. Four goals again this weekend. Um, Estupinian, Estupinian scored one. Matoma scored one. In fact, they insi- they assisted each other for yeah. their goals, and yeah. then um, Solly March scored two, scored two as well. Vinny, he scored two. Like I'm looking at it here, fifty-one, fifty-five. I didn't get to watch the match now, yeah. but... and then and then I think Enciso had um, what did they call it? Two assists for both. Yes, for both of Solly March's yeah. goals. Yeah, um, man, Brighton, you know, just after selling, um, what's his name, um, Caicedo for 115 
million pounds, you know, they still look good. Mm-hmm. You know, they still look good. Now, I've seen with teams like this in the past that uh, eventually, like at some point, their time just runs out. You know, yeah, their, time, yeah. their time just runs out. And Brighton have a specific, like, Brighton have a specific scouting system that seems to allow them to bring out these players that continue to, you know, do the job for them in various positions. And I mean, for this season anyway, I'm I'm expecting them to do really well. Eight goals in two games. You know, the only um what's the word? The only concern I'd have for them is that, of course, Europe. You know, Europe is a big thing to contend with, mm-hmm. not the conference league, in the Europa League. You know, so but I expect Brighton to do really well this season. Four goal eight goals in two games, that's that's a really good start from them. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um I think when you also consider the fact that Alex McAllister has just left, um, it's it's just testament to how good they're doing, especially in preseason. I am noticing here that Arsenal have just been awarded a penalty. Um Honestly, guys, we might just pause for a moment and, yeah. and watch it and see see what happens. Or oh, the guy taking the penalty, deviation from the normal penalty taker, is Kyle Saka. Is he? Yeah, Saka's our normal penalty taker. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. But the guy has, does seem to be better in the shootout, so, so let's see. Okay. And that's 1-0 yeah. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, cool to the Arsenal. Yes, sir. 1-0 to the Arsenal. So. I really so back back to Brighton now, you know, there's a level of talent that they really have, you know, Matoma and Ciso, Estupinian, you know, even Evan Ferguson as well. You know, these are top, top players and they seem to be able to turn on, turn over a substantial amount of profit on these players. Oh, like, yeah. Insane. <laughs> you know, like for five, I think they bought Caicedo for like five million. Five million and they, they, and flipped, they flipped into what? 115, 115 million. You know, that's that's stupid levels of profit. If we even go back to Ben White, Trossard, um Kukureya, you know, all yeah, these players. Yeah, they have they have a significant number of players who went like big, big, big money moves. So they're they're doing a good job in terms of that kind of the how would I how would I put it? The the business element of Brighton Football Club. They refuse to be bullied as well. <laughs> you know, as as teams of support as People who support teams that are trying to get players from Brighton, it can be annoying, but they refuse to be bullied. You know, they said a hundred million for Caicedo, and no matter what any of the negotiation Chelsea they were trying budge. to do, they didn't they, they didn't budge. And in the end, their their persistence and their patience, bro, they got hundred and fifteen. You know, a lot of other mm. teams would have just buckled and said, you know what, seventy, eighty. You know, that's that's calm, like, but they didn't buckle. You know, that's I mean. I'm sure any business people listening to this would definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I think there was one other thing with that, though, whereas that's a good thing for what we would consider, maybe not so much now, we kind of need to recognize and realize that Brighton are kind of in this thing. They're not really a small club anymore Mm -hmm. as such, but you're noticing with Caicedo, it almost seemed as though they didn't want to let him go. So whereas they were holding out for, they were holding out for 100 mil, it was like, guys, take the money that you've been given. Like, they've literally given you 100 mil. What do you, what do you want now? You know that type of way? Yeah. When, whenever Chelsea and Liverpool entered that bidding war after 100 mil, it didn't make sense. But, you know, they it, it worked out for them at the end of the day. Um, I don't know if you've noticed the deal for Mohamed 
Kudus. Um, oh yeah, that broke down. Eh? It stalled because he wanted, wanted a release, release clause. Yeah. He, he doesn't want this Kaiseido <laughs> drama or anything like that. So it's two sides. Two. You can either look at it from the business aspect where they're doing good business, or the player aspect where you might be holding someone against their will. To be fair, what I will say about that though is that Kudus is actually relatively established. You know, yeah, um, yeah, relatively established. Um, he had a really good World Cup. He's playing for Ajax. Like Ajax is one of the biggest teams in Europe, you know. And with Brighton, they usually get these players, like completely unknown players, and then flip them around and say, "Oh, they can't leave for a hundred million." So when they when these players are being bought, they don't really have the leverage to start asking for release clauses. Like I'm sure when Caicedo was being bought for five yeah, million, no, no, no. he wasn't thinking about release there's, clause. There's no he was just clause, happy yeah. to be playing in the Premier League. Yeah. So, you know, Brighton Brighton no, seem to know what they're doing and I'm not going to question them until I see otherwise. Mm-hmm. But moving on to moving on to another another notable result this weekend and that was Man City beating Newcastle. I mean, what I would say about it as a City fan anyways, um, I did get to watch probably 30, just under most of the second half anyways um i saw the goal as well i think it was a very well taken goal by julian alvarez one thing that i noticed is that city don't seem to be phased by a lack of kdb so it was something that i was interested to see because you know you hear commentators talk about it a lot the Haaland is not going to get the type of service that he normally gets because kdb is not in the squad and in some elements and aspects that is true in my opinion, anyways, because KDB is just completely different footballer. You cannot replace him in the way that Pep said that you cannot replace Aguero. That's a blatant lie. But someone like KDB cannot be replaced, whether it's an existing City player or anyone in the world at this moment in time. But I noticed Phil Foden come out of his shell a lot in the Newcastle game. You know, I was hearing things at the start of this season where people are like, something is going on that Phil Foden has been seen as City's like wonder boy or star boy as I like to call him since he was 16 and it's a thing of well he's 23 now he's not a small boy anymore he's been he's established in this city squad but he's not getting minutes so they're like what's going on what's the problem but I think the Newcastle match showed that there's there's something there's something about him and we know that there's something about him and it kind of just reminded us that look Foden is still there and he's still kind of like fighting to to establish his place in that starting eleven. See, for me, yeah, it's never been a talent thing with Foden. We mm-hmm. all know that the talent is there. When he's on his game, he's a ridiculous footballer. But my issue with it as a rival fan is that he's not. It's not consistent enough. Like he, first of all, he doesn't play enough. But that's up to the manager. Like that's yeah. not really his fault. But even when he plays, for the level of talent that he has. It's not often enough where he stand, He at least stands out as one of the best players. There's a lot of games where the game just seems to really pass him by. And while, you know, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, that was calm. At mm. this point, at it's, this age, yeah. it, and, you know, he's, he's 23, is young, yeah, but he's been in the first team now for over five years. Exactly. You know, so it's time for him to really step up mm-hmm. and show the level of footballer that he is, that some of his age mates are doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. not not nothing about the talent. He's an extremely talented footballer, probably one of the best that England have, has ever produced. But he needs to start showing it on a on a, on more, a more consistent, consistent basis, yeah, more consistently. And I think 
Um, Pep is probably. I know that we're kind of looking at it like Pep is still going to sign a winger because he's let he's let Mares go. Like he's not gonna normally he doesn't let someone go without bringing someone in or without planning to bring someone in. So I know Doku actually. They're, they're here, looking here, wasn't for, that the here we go tonight? Um, or just the deal I don't know. If, I don't know if they got it. Here we go. Well, it was the deal agreed? I think. I think the deal's agreed. But I know that you know Pep is Pep is always working on on something like that. I might just check that. But um, you know, this is this is time for him, and in my opinion, it's between him and Cole Palmer. This this kind of these next two weeks are going to Palmer's a player, by the way. They are going to decide whether or not Palmer stays or goes. Palm, Palmer's a player, and honestly, I think if Palmer goes, he's going. Um, he's not going on loan. He's he's going on one of those Romeo Lavia. You sell with a buyback clause mm. and a sell-on clause and all of that stuff because that Romeo Lavia thing is very, very, very good business. I don't know if you saw... Oh, yeah. Well, how much is a sell-on clause? Surely there's a sell-on clause. It was clause. like... I think it was like 40-something percent. Like sure, maybe, really? maybe, like, maybe like 42% or Wait. something like that. I was like, how... Um, I'm not... Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it the Romeo Lavia sale that they, they earned that now, one? I might just look it up, see was there a sell-on clause. Yeah, there was a sell-on clause. I just don't remember how much was in it um but it's it's that type of thing where city are producing some of these fine young ta- talents there's just not enough space for them and they're not gonna like hoard them or keep them in the in the eds or anything like that yeah i'm just looking it up here man this reportedly reportedly man city had a 20 percent sell-on clause in romeo lavia and the opportunity um what's it called um, first refusal. So basically, if any team makes a bid, Man City have the right to match that bid yeah, and yeah. take take him, back. take him back. So I mean, that is that is really good business by Man City. Man City's academy. I mean, that we could we could have a whole episode like, on Man City's academy, you know. But yeah. yeah, top 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 academy, and they're constantly being able to sell players that don't even have any experience for constantly five to ten to fifteen million you know but yeah man i mean you can only look up for man city well yeah, can, yeah. can you really go up after winning the trouble um i mean if they can do it again that's that's the only thing that's the only thing that you can go up from i think this year the main thing that they want to do is just not lose momentum now they might not they're probably not going to win that trouble but that being said we have the opportunity to do a four p they do a four peep. That's the first time in history that a team has won it more than three times in a row. That's the Premier League now. Um, you know, we had different opportunities this year, of course, with the Super Cup uh, last week. That's obviously the first time in that competition and the first Super Cup that they've won. Club World Cup, Club, in Club December World Cup as well. is coming up. It's it's in December. It's around that time. It's usually like December or January. Because I know I I said I said last year that if we win the Champions League, that I want to go to watch the Club World Cup. I'm not even gonna like do a thing of oh let me watch one of City's games. I'm just gonna buy a ticket for the final. If they get there, they get there. If they don't, they don't. Mm. But we'll we'll see about that. Yes, there there is a here we go, but it's a deal. It's just a deal in place. Oh, it's deal agreed. So you no said personal 60, terms. 60 mil. No personal terms. Agreed, despite competition, yeah. Medical test book for later this week. Um, but yeah, I guess Jeremy Doku is about to join C. So that's extra competition for, for someone like Foden. So if you want to stay in the squad, play well. Win man of the match all you want. But if you want to stay in the squad, you, you got to compete. That's, that's Pep's policy. Well, I mean, it can only be, it can only be a match 
compare mad contrast when you compare it with the red side of Manchester this weekend. Mm. You know, two 0 lost to Spurs. You know, I watched the Kainless K- K- Spurs, by the way. Kainless Spurs. Watched a good chunk of that game, and it did not look good, man. You know, it did not look good. You know, that midfield of Casemiro, Bruno, and Mount. You know, it's not it's not working the best so far. Mm-hmm. You know, and even we were recording when they were playing Wolves last week, and you know, all the feedback. You know, looking at clips from that game. You know, they didn't they didn't play all that well, despite getting the win, even a penalty that um, Wolves should have had. But to be fair to United, they should have had a very clear penalty this week. When I'm pretty sure when it was still nil nil, but yeah, overall the performance was not good. You know. Um, yeah, Rashford in particular was poor. Doesn't seem to mesh well with Garnacho, which is an interesting dynamic. Because then I wonder how Garnacho is going to come to the team. Because Rashford has said repeatedly, I think everyone can see that Rashford's not a striker. Rashford is a left winger. Yeah. And Garnacho is very much only a left winger. You know, Rashford didn't perform too well with Garnacho at the le- on the left, well, to the left of him. I mean, um, I don't have much to say on that because I didn't watch the game. But just from the little clips that I was seeing, um, it, I think it's a thing of you just time will tell. At the end of the day, yes, they're starting poorly, but you've looked, we've seen many, many a team start poorly and finish very, very strong. Yeah. Even last season, I'm not sure they started very well, but throughout the season, I can't really say that they were a dominant side as such. Ended up they got results. Ended up third at the end of the day. So, um, but you know, we're kind of like in this, you know, process is kind of the buzzword now, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, Arteta and what he's done, even yeah. Klopp, you know, before that. And everyone's looking at, you know, how's it improving? How are they getting better? As of right now, you know, even in the win last week, there's not, there's no improvement on what they've done la- on last year so far, you know, even with the signings. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think Mason Mount could be an X factor. I think if I, I want to give Mason Mount time, you know, mm-hmm. it's it seems like it's the trend to really, you know, just harp and completely, you know, say all the negative things about Mason Mount. But as a footballer there, I think that personally, you know, this is a, I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's not a very popular take. I personally think that Mason Mount was the best player when Chelsea won the Champions League a couple of years ago. And that is, that is, you know, I mean, even if he wasn't the best, he was certainly top three. Oh, and, no, he was and, instrumental. I, you know, I, I, he was, I cert- he was certainly top three. And, you know, that's not like, that's not a light achievement. You know, I don't think a player like, you know, that sort of player just disappears. Even the season after where kind of like the negative started to come in with Mason Mount, he still had double digit goals and assists in the Premier League, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mount is a top player. And if Mount can turn it on and get back to some of the form that we've seen him show previously, that could be a huge X factor for United having, you know, a quality season. Yeah, I think it's it's another one of those things where just time will tell. Um, but speaking on United, I'm just looking at uh, Fabrice. Mason Greenwood's contract has been terminated. Oh, yeah, today. That was today. today. That I was today. Yeah. That was today. Man, I mean, that is, that is, that is a big topic, you know. Um... Um, yeah, United United really decided to United decided to get rid. You know, we've been hearing leaks past few days that they were planning to bring him back, but I would mm. like the backlash was brazy. I think it's just th- because of the backlash. Damn. 
I think that's I think that's the best for all involved. It's because of the backlash. Oh, uh, Arsenal just got a red card. I'm not sure what's happened there. Whether it was a second yellow or it was a straight red, you might. I see what's going on. Is that, is that Tomiyasu? Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, guys, will know I'm I'm currently not the biggest fan of Tomiyasu. Um, that's gonna make it difficult. Is that the 67th minute now? I think. Uh, no, nah, I think Arsenal will stick it out. I think uh, they'll stick it out. 67th minute. Yeah, we have to play like 25 minutes now with 10 men, but. Uh, you know we can. We'll see. As, we'll as, see. As, as national fan, I can only pressure. But anyway, yeah. but anyway, yeah. Um, it's just early in the season for United, honestly. And you know, while the the early signs are not encouraging, mm-hmm. it is just game week two. There's 36 more games to go. You know, they might even. To be fair, they do still have the young striker Hoyland to come to come yeah. in. And then, obviously, um, a player to really look out for this season is Kobe Mino. Um, he's a United Academy product that was just starting to get some serious game time in preseason, pre-season. but he got an unfortunate injury that's going to keep him out for quite a while. Okay. Um, he's he's a top, you know, he has some top top level potential, and you know, if if he's able to come back from his injury and you know get some consistent minutes in the team, I think he could, you know, he could have an impact for United this season. Yeah. Um, and actually, as an Arsenal fan, a team I don't like to talk too well about is Spurs, but they played really well on Saturday. You know, this might be a little a little case of the Ewing theory. I was talking about it yesterday with one of my friends. And, it's, you know, the Ewing theory is basically when a team loses their best player and all of a sudden they start to play better. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not that simple. They've, it's not the same squad as last year. They brought yeah. in players. James Madison was really good. Yves Basuma was really good. And Papi Sar, who scored the first goal, was really good as well. Really, you know, decent midfield for um, for Tottenham uh, the other day. But the forwards didn't seem to do too good. Kulusevski wasn't great. Son wasn't great. Richarlison wasn't great. But midfield was good. The general, the general play of Tottenham was a lot better than what I've seen in recent years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to talk briefly on that Nottingham Forest Sheffield game. It wasn't too eventful or exciting, but it's probably the only game that I watched the full match of. Um, Taiwo, Taiwo Muni. Yeah, uh, I will add. I definitely butchered that pronunciation as a Nigerian. <laughs> that's a bit of a shame. But you know, Shaluk, he's he's a top, top, top um, young striker. You know, even last weekend um, against Arsenal. Had a you know decent enough performance considering he's going to the Emirates, not going to have much of the ball. Yeah, scored a really good goal, and I think that's six games, six Premier League games uh, in a row that he scored in. Really? Yeah, yeah. What the record is Vardy in it? Eleven. Yeah. Oh wow! The, the, wow. Okay, that is that is something to look out for. Mm. Then we be lovely if a Nigerian could break could break the record. He's still got a long way, but he's he's, um, I think just progression he's, he's done so much better compared to the start of last season and then a player a player i very much like on um nottingham, uh, uh, nottingham forest is um excuse me not um morgan gibbs right yeah morgan gibbs white sorry morgan yeah. gibbs white he is yeah he was he's top quality you know he has some he has a good good technicality about him and a, and a decent level of you know physique as well he's got a bit of pace about him can keep the ball you know, I I can see him gain gain a big move in the next couple of years if he, you know, keeps up his current trajectory of talent. Brendan Johnson as well is also a top player at Nottingham to look Nottingham Forest to look out for this year. I don't I don't see them getting relegated actually. No, no, no. I think they've last year was a kind of it was, yeah, it was a scrap. 
But this year, I think they've got a platform to kind of work off. Mm. Um, one thing I will say is, what was it? The goal for Sheffield United, I can't remember my man's name, was a sweet, sweet, sweet goal. Uh, Gustavo ha- uh, Hammer, Hamer, I don't know. Oh, yes, yeah, that was on Friday, isn't it? Yeah, I seen, the, I seen the clip of that, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a top goal. Yeah, but other than that, I think it was even enough at some parts, but Forrest were kind of just, it, it wasn't like they were dominating, but they kept going at them and going at them. And I felt like if anyone was going to win, it was going to be Forrest. And Chris Wood came on, um, and within maybe three minutes, he, he scored. And it was a serious striker's goal. Like, he was contested for his header, but he didn't jump. He kind of just fended them off just nodded into the far corner and it was a very well taken goal and then they now did park the bus for the last like seven minutes but I, I applaud them for for you know grinding out the result um Serge Aurier putting in some very very good quality balls two assists two like literally right wing ball into the box header from a striker and those were the two goals for them there but yeah um I'm just I just want to touch a bit on Liverpool Yep. Um, they did win 3-1, even with 10 men against Bournemouth um, on Saturday. Um, Luis Diaz, you know, had a, Luis Diaz had a decent performance. McAllister, um, I really like him on the ball for Liverpool. But I think for Liverpool, I think it's imperative that they get a defensive midfielder, midfielder. Defensive midfielder before the transfer window closed. They did try with Caicedo. They tried with Lavia as well. In my opinion, they should have just stuck with Lavia because... You know, dropping Lavia and then going for Caicedo and then now trying to cheapestly come back for Lavia. You know, that's never gonna work. You know, that's a bit like I feel like they fumbled the bag with that one. Because yeah. I think it was I think it was pretty well known that Caicedo wanted uh, Chelsea. Wanted he, Chelsea. Wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna look anywhere else. Mm, you know, yeah, at least or at least even if it wasn't well known, you gotta go speak to the player mm-hmm. and say and say like, Oh yeah, okay, would you if we if we agree a deal, would you come to us? Yeah. You know, because that's as well, you know, they've been left with egg on their face because now they've they've shown that they can spend the money. So in all their other deals, you know, that's going to be a bit of a Liverpool premium. Like, mm-hmm. we know you have the money where you're hiding it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, But yeah, they need they need a CDM, man. I'm not sure how exactly Klopp wanted to set that up because I'm just looking at the midfielders there. You literally have six attackers on the pitch. Yeah. Man. Whereas that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. I would say six. I would even say seven because one of... Robertson and Alexander Arnold is going to stay back at any one time. Both of them can even go up at the same time. So it's a thing where you know he just needs to find a balance. I think he'll find it. Um, in terms of how well they're going to do this season, I'm not too sure, but I think he will find the balance. He just needs to sign that defensive midfielder. I'm I'm not too big on them if they don't find that defensive midfielder, mm. man. I like McAllister. I like McAllister in the kind of like deep line. You know, midfielder role, dip line playmaker. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it honestly. I really do. But they've got to get that person, that runner, that person that can really like cover him. Because in transition, it's very worrying for Liverpool, man. Very worrying. You know, if if they can just get that, you know, as a, a midfielder that can cover really well in the transition, and you know, t- you know, good good in winning the duels, interceptions, and all that stuff, then Liverpool could be really set. But mm-hmm. you know, as of right now, um, yeah, they did beat Bournemouth, but don't I don't really like the balance. You know, last week, um, Chelsea, Chelsea really, you know, Chelsea really pressured them for a mm-hmm. good chunk of that game. 
Liverpool did play well for the opening 20, 30 minutes, but honestly, Chelsea would feel that they should have won that game. Now, it's just early season, but you know, from the early season signs, I'm really not too big on Liverpool so far. Yeah, hopefully they improve, sure, because last season wasn't too great. Um, I think the last match we'll probably touch on is that Chelsea-West Ham match there. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, buying, 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 but our point, yeah, there's got to be a little bit of chemistry. Just a, just a little bit, you know. Mm. Right? But the thing is, though, yeah, like they are buying talented players and Chelsea do have these little phases in games where they play really well and it comes together. But like they just, at this, at this moment in time for Chelsea, there's no cutting edge. There's no cutting edge in defence and there's no cutting edge in attack. They have mm. good defenders and they have decent attackers, but they just need, they just need more, more efficiency, more cutting edge. Yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, Mika, uh oh, he, so sad for that he injury, was man. he was very he was very bright throughout it yeah. his goal was very creative in terms of you mightn't have seen much kind of going on in the Chelsea attack and he kind of created that for himself so um, you know promising signs from from a young a young attacker of course unfortunate to go off with an injury but West Ham didn't particularly play like great but the thing that they had over Chelsea was that they were just clinical. They got their opportunities in the box. Antonio's goal them. was ridiculous, man. That finish was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. But, um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, you can't spend that much money and not get some sort of result, in my opinion. So it's just a thing of, Posh is not a bad manager. Mm-hmm. So these first two games are not reflective on him as a manager and how well he does his job because we saw what he did with Tottenham. Whereas... He wasn't able to actually win silver, but we know he, we got them to the, the Champions League final. Um, and we just know the, the type of coach he is. So I do believe that he will come up with something. Will they challenge for anything this season? I don't know. Maybe a cup run because obviously they don't have Champions League to kind of fill their calendar. So they're kind of more rest days and all of that stuff. Hopefully that works in their favor and not against them. But... Yeah, I think I think that's probably it for the weekend's kind of roundup. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think I think we're gonna wrap it up for today. Um, yeah. Thank you for all the support on our first episode. Um, so let Femi uh, take us out. Yeah. Um. Actually, one more thing. Um, I almost forgot. You know, sometimes I forget that I I'm an artist as well. It's it's kind of it's it's confusing. You know, the life of an artist. Um, content creator, footballer, uh, working full-time and all of that stuff. Um, I've got a song out this Friday. I don't know what day this is coming out, so this might be out before or after the song. But basically, it's called 433. It's going to be out on all uh, digital streaming platforms, Spotify, the Apple Music, your YouTube Music, all of that stuff. August the 25th. August 25th. That's this Friday. There's a music video for it as well. So would appreciate if you guys would, you know, listen to it, watch it. Like it, share it if he's if he's if he's one if he's like it, um, and yeah, um, we thank you so much for listening. You got this far, you're a real one. Um, you know, do continue to support. We love the support. We appreciate you and love you all. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. That's Reborn Football Podcast. Um, our link tree is in the bio of the Instagram there, where you can find all of our platforms and all of the episodes. So. Whenever you know you need a little bit of football content, you can come, you can come here and join us. So, 
Um, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you again next week in the next episode. Right, take care, guys.